0: All right, John chapter number 10, and we're going to start in verse number 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him that the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things that were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but forth to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hiring fleeth, because he is a hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another opportunity we had to be together on this Sunday. Lord, you've given us another week, and Lord, as we embark on another, Lord, I pray we be encouraged by your word, and Lord, we look to you, we You are a great shepherd, but Lord, you are the door of salvation as well. And Lord, as we look at that this morning, help us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we know you as Savior. And Lord, as believers, we've made that decision. Lord, help us to live a life that pleasing to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I know the text talks a lot about the shepherd, but I really want to focus in on verse number nine, the door. Jesus is the door. And just imagine for yourself, uh, you're, you're out walking and you hear this noise. You hear these laughter and, and a racket. It sounds joyous. It sounds like something you want to be involved with. And, and you come closer to the noise and you find there's a wall and you kind of, you can't see over the wall, but you can hear again that there's good times in there. You know, there's joyous things happening there. And, and uh, so you're kind of looking for, a way to get in, you, you can't climb, you can't get over that wall, but you can hear it, and you're looking, and you're looking, and you kind of follow that wall all around, whatever direction it goes, and again, as you're looking, you're hearing uh, noise, and again, good times, and eventually you come to the door, and the door is unlocked. So all you have to do is open the door to go in. That's it. That's all you have to do, and... and pass through it, enjoy that time of uh, fun or happiness and joy joyous uh, events. You know, I'm, I'm using this analogy towards salvation. Many, many, scores, scores of people are searching for meaning. Uh, they're searching for all kinds of things in life. I remember the day I got saved. Uh, I mean, I was actually in Bible college and... I knew I still did not know the Lord, but it was a good place and things. And I saw uh, folks around me who were excited about serving the Lord. They had joy that I did not have. And and there's things missing. And I wanted those things in my life as well. And finally, I made the decision to go through the door. To go in. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've never regretted making that decision for Jesus Christ. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. It's to pass through the door of salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, we need to be encouraging folks towards the door. There's probably people in your life who are mirandering around the door. They have not entered. They've looked at it. They've kind of sized it up a little bit. But they have not passed through. They have not accepted Christ as Savior. Let me encourage you, believer, to continue being a good testimony and encouraging those to go through that door. To know Christ as Savior. Maybe there's some here today, they know that you're not saved. You, you know in your heart, maybe you're watching online and you know that you haven't made that choice. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the greatest choice. Is going to change your life. And I would urge you to make it. You know, the verse 2, Jesus clearly to those that tells us who comes to him, but he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. This door is this is this is very bold language in verse number one as well. Jesus declares himself to be the door. I'm the door, he says. Christ says, "I am the door." And from what I'm told, the sheepfold in Jesus' day was primarily a, a circular enclosure, primarily of stone that was made of. Uh, but they they have found uh, in more recent days. Uh, Structures that were more rectangular or square and were made with bramble or a lot of wood and things. Uh, But at any case, no matter if it's circular stone or square and bramble, there was always one door. Only one door to get into the sheepfold. And there's only one way to allow access into the enclosure at night. The sheep would have to go by the shepherd and he would stay in that opening, lay in that opening. He would become... The door. Nothing could get in or get out without passing through the shepherd. And that's who Jesus Christ is. Jesus says he is the door. Folks, no one gets into the flock of God any other way but going through him. There's not. It's not possible. No sneaking in without his knowledge. Verse 1 tells us that anyone who attempts to enter the sheepfold other than through Jesus Christ is a thief and a robber. The same is a thief and a robber, verse number 1. And thieves and robbers were dealt with in harsh terms found in the sheepfold. They weren't admitted. They were kicked out. They were punished for getting in there. Listen, the only way into the God's sheepfold is through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and life. That's what's said in John 4, 6. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Salvation only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. If you're looking to baptism, it won't do. You know what it will do? It will get you wet. That's it. If you're looking to baptism to save you, all it will do is get you wet. Church membership won't accomplish anything but get your name written on a membership roll. Nothing else. It won't provide any salvation. Rituals and religious activities won't do anything but keep you busy and probably frustrated. Probably frustrated. I don't know how many people I've witnessed to uh, in Canada, and I've had the opportunity to travel and been to other places. Uh, I think particularly in Ireland. Uh, I was there a couple years ago, and I remember being with the missionary there, Brother Smith, and we were witnessing to someone, and this young fellow told how frustrated he was with the Roman Catholic Church. And we were happy to introduce him to Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, he did not get saved at that moment, but we were happy to introduce him to someone who would relieve the frustration and provide salvation. Uh, You know, that's who Jesus is. There's only one plan for man's salvation, and that's through the faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It is simple. Salvation is simple, but very exclusive in the sense that That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the question is, have you made that choice for Christ? Have you accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior? You need to. The door is a proposal for man as well. In this statement, the lips of Jesus, we find tremendous offer to every sinner, to everyone. No matter who you are, Jesus offers hope to everyone wandering in the life, uh, in sin, searching for meeting. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Jesus is the gentleman. He's not going to grab you as you walk by the door and throw you in. I'm sure you've met individuals who are maybe a little rough and things, and they grab and pull or whatever. Uh, Jesus is not like that. He's not going to do that. He won't toss you in. He he gives you opportunities. He says, here, accept me. Here is my uh, salvation. Take it. But we see some things here uh, in verse uh, number 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Any man. Salvation was designed by the Lord to be for all. It's not a club for a few elite saints. But as an offer of God to every man, woman and child on the face of the earth. And I had fantastic news that all men, no uh, no one alive today will God refuse. He will take all men to him, all that would come. It's he's his saving love is for all. Revelation twenty two, seventeen. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that hears say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Does that indicate to you, doesn't that language very plain that says whosoever will, that's everybody, whosoever will may come? Uh, Many, I feel there's no hope for them. I've met individuals who have said that to me uh, in different parts of the world and there's no hope for me. You don't know how bad I've been. And I don't. I've had some people try to tell me, I'm like, I don't need to know. You need Jesus. That's who you need. The Bible is clear that Jesus loves or God loves all men, John three sixteen. And offers them salvation through Jesus Christ. You can know Christ as your Savior today. It doesn't take ten uh, ten step or four step uh, process of reforming yourself, then to be saved. No, accept Christ as Savior, and you can be saved today. If any man enter in. A door serves two purposes. A door serves two purposes. It can be a barrier designed to keep people out. I can remember one time, uh, as growing up as a kid, uh, we lived in, it's a four-back split, I don't know exactly the right terminology for it, but we had four floors in the house. They weren't full floors, they were half type of thing. But at any rate, uh, I had my cousin uh, come live with us and his family for a spell. Uh, I don't, can't remember all the details why, uh, but I remember putting on my door a big sign saying, do not enter. Cousin Bob, <laughs> this is not rooms not for you, Bob. Your mom can come in here, your sister can come in here, but Bob, you're not allowed. All right. The door was acting as a barrier. Now it wasn't very efficient, because Bob still got in. All right. Uh, but the idea was supposed to act as a barrier. Or a door can be a means of access to allow people in. So this past week, uh, myself, Michelle, and my two youngest, uh, Matthew and Hannah, we. We went to an outlet mall. I was so excited. I got all worked up for it. All right. And we went to that outlet mall there, the 401. Is that the Toronto Premium Outlet, I think it's called? And uh, we went over there. And I was just happy to get my steps in, to be quite honest, walking around and, and things. And, uh, but I did notice some things about the doors. Because I knew I was going to preach about this. So I was looking on purpose at doors. All right. So I was looking around. Some of the stores had the open sign flicking on and off. You know, open, open. But you know the ones most inviting to me were the ones with the doors open. And I'm not even a shopper. I didn't go in any of them, well, except for one uh, or two. But that's because I had to go make sure the clothes was appropriate type of thing. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, the, the reality is the, the doors open was way more inviting. And I watched, and you know what? More people walked through the door that was open. I was doing a little bit of people watching too. And people were walking through into those stores a lot more... Freely, because the doors were open. It was more inviting. It was access into the goods. Salvation is God's gift to fallen race, to man. But before this gift can be realized, it has to be accepted. No one will ever be saved unless they personally and consciously come to Jesus Christ and accept Him into their heart and life. I'm thankful that I have a great Christian heritage. My dad knows Christ as Savior my grandpa knows Christ as Savior. My great-grandpa, who is now with the Lord, he knew Christ as Savior. That is a wonderful thing, a great uh, heritage to then pass on to my children and let them know that, hey, our forefathers believed in Christ. This is just another evidence or reason why you should. But the reality is, I could give that to my kids. That won't make my kids be saved. It's not personal. It's great history, and it's a wonderful thing, and as a dad, I need to be a good testimony, and as their grandpa, my dad needs to be a good testimony to them as well. But the reality is, that's not personal. You have to make a conscious, personal choice for Jesus Christ. I I mentioned uh, just a few moments ago that I had a birthday this week. I turned 44 years young this week. Uh, And there was gifts for which... I was very thankful for. It was grand. What birthday, birthday is not grand with birthday gifts, right? I mean, just bring them on type of thing. Uh, and uh, But, you know, the birthday gifts were not mine. Though they were purchased for me, they were not mine until when? Until I received it. Oh, see, pe- people uh, bought me uh, uh, a coffee grinder. Some people bought me coffee. Uh, and, and things of that nature, some books, but they weren't mine until I said, "Thank you." You know, I, and uh, and then became into my possession. I, I'll be honest; I haven't turned away too many gifts in my lifetime on birthdays. <laughs> uh, the idea is I accepted a gift, and that's what God offers us—the gift of salvation. But it, we won't be saved just because there's an offer; we have to accept it. I mean, I could leave a birthday card or gift. In my house for good and never open it or take it into my possession, and since I use it, it's not mine really, it's just in my house. Salvation can be in your house, the gospel can be in your house, but if you don't accept Christ as Savior, you are not saved. And don't, don't rest on the laurels of other people or your family or your spouse or your kids. It's a personal decision. He shall be saved. When a person comes to Jesus for salvation, when they place their faith in Him, they find themselves completely transformed and eternally saved. It's instant. It's right-aways made new in Christ. Now, the word saved is a very descriptive word. Uh, It can be used to describe a person who had recovered from a serious illness. One who came through a, a very bad storm or someone who had won at court type idea. idea. For us it means that we come through all of the above and we are rescued from all harm, from all danger. We are delivered from the wrath of Almighty God. Because now we're part of the family of God. And that's a wonderful thing to to be reminded of. And and we have security in it in John chapter 10, verse 28, the same chapter. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Just a little snapshot. Next week, we'll be looking at eternal security. It's a doctrine that is massively uh, under attack or misunderstood. And we're going to look at it, what the Bible says about eternal security. So where are we delivered from? So the moment we accept Christ as Savior, where are we, where are we delivered from? We're delivered for the penalty of sin. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No man is without sin. Everybody is born that way. No exemptions. I know those babies are so cute, and you just want to and cuddle them, and you know all those good things. But that little precious baby is a sinner who needs Jesus Christ. Everyone does. No one's different. Uh, And the only way it can be uh, removed is through Jesus Christ. That curse of sin. We still have a sin nature we have to deal with once we are saved. But now we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And now we have the Lord to direct us on the way. The prodigal son is definitely one of my favorite stories. There's so many stories that could be your favorite. Uh, And when he returned home, you remember he he came to himself in the pigsty and realized, you know, the servants at my dad's have it better than me. I'm going to go home and just be a servant. And came to himself, he started walking home, and uh, his dad was looking for him, right? He was watching. And when he saw him coming, he went after him. He went up to meet him and uh, and hugged on him and things. Now there could be all kinds of reasons for why he was looking. But I was I knew about this portion of scripture before, but this could be a part of his thinking. I mean, I don't know, but it's a possibility. A biblical reason was in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one, verses eighteen to twenty-one. These verses describe what happens to a child who's rebellious against his parents. I'm going to tell you right now, rebellious children in the Jewish time period, in the Old Testament, it didn't end well for them, because they could be stoned, all right? It was the end-of-life decision, all right? So maybe the father was waiting for his son because he had been disobedient, he had been disrespectful, he had dishonored his family, he definitely rebelled, <laughs> and when The father saw him coming. He ran out to that child and fell upon him and upon his neck to place him between his son and those who might seek to harm him because they could. They could bring him to the city and get the elders of the town uh, to have a judgment and then be stoned. He could have. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know for sure if it is, but it definitely lines up with the Scriptures that that was the law of the time. This is, where, well, this is what Jesus did for us when He died on the cross. He placed Himself between us and the wrath of God. We deserve to die for our sins. We deserve to die for our sins. But Jesus absorbed God's wrath and He paid the price. And now we're free from that penalty of sin. And no saint of God needs to ever fear going to the hell fire. No, we are secure in Jesus Christ. And we should give God the glory for that, and give Him thanks for that. That that is secure in in salvation. The power of sin, we're, so we're we're free, and uh, we have liberty from the power of sin. Romans six fourteen: For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. Jesus breaks sin's power in the life of the saint of God. That's not to say that we never have to deal with sin. We do absolutely. But after we come to Christ, we are no longer enslaved to it. No longer uh, do we have to obey the whims of the flesh and, and uh, the devil. Ephesians 2, 1 and 3 talk about that. We are made free in Jesus Christ. We are given liberty to withstand temptation. This is a great verse for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13. There have no temptation taken you, but such as common demand. man... But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above your able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now that As an individual believer, we have this assurance that the Lord is with us. He'll help us get through that temptation. He'll give us the strength. He'll give us a way of escape. And sometimes they will be just like Joseph, just fleeing the scene. Right? Let's just be honest. Sometimes flee to see it. It's just a getaway. One of the greatest wonders of salvation is that the great change. We become new creatures in Jesus Christ. I mean, I hope as believers, you can look in your life and say, Hey, I used to be like that, but I accepted Christ as Savior, and now what a change has been wrought. I hope you can see it. And if not, I encourage you to sit down and remember what direction you were and give God the glory that you no longer head that way. You're following the Lord now. Give him the glory for it. No, eventually we have freedom from the presence of sin. Not here in this life, that's for sure, because sin is all around us. We see the presence of sin around us, don't we? You don't have to turn the television on for very long and see it. The wickedness of men. Late Wednesday night this week, the presence of sin became a lot more personal to me, shall we say. I found out that a former schoolmate of mine, high school, was murdered in British Columbia. I don't know all the details, don't need to know the details. He's with the Lord now, but murdered. Unbelievable. Heartbreaking. Leaves behind a a huge family. I mean, it's sad, horrible. The effects of sin, though. Sin. One day, Christian will leave this world and will be forever free from sin's presence. Won't that be a wonderful thing? Amen? Be forever gone. I don't have to worry about sin. It's not around. It won't be allowed. Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter in anything that defileth Neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Wow, so me grace. Uh, and and uh, we we won't have to uh, worry about sin. Not only that, but we'll have to re- if we receive new flesh. We won't be like here on earth, and uh, we won't have that desire towards sin because we have a new body and things of that nature. First Corinthians five fifty four. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immorale, uh, immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, "Death is swallowed up in victory." Oh, yeah, you're looking forward to no more aches and pains? Yeah, um, I see, You're like, oh, you're so young, Pastor Alcock. You only get 44. Yeah, I understand, but there is aches and pains. Even before I was 34, there was aches and pains. 24, there was aches and pains. There's always aches and pains. They just grow. I understand. But the reality is there's no aches and pains. There's no effects of sin in heaven. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. No more cancer in heaven. How many people do we know have been affected by cancer? It's not there. It's not there. None of those things are there. This door is a promise, too, of rest. And she'll go in and find pasture. The thief cometh out, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Once we accept Christ as our Savior... You know, we're not searching. Remember that description, the story I gave you earlier about following the wall, looking for that entry. You know, you want that joy. You want to partake in the things that you heard and things and the joy that you saw. Well, we're not searching anymore. That void that we had before is now filled by Jesus Christ. Now that our hearts are looking towards the Lord and we have rest in His grace, we are anticipating heaven. Oh, we live here, and we should do a good job here, and we need to take care of responsibilities, absolutely. We need to be good Christians. Yes, we still have lots of things to do, but we can rest in His grace to know that He has a plan, He's working it out, we can trust God. You know, I never wake up in the morning thinking, I need to try to stay saved today. Now, I can rest in the reality that salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. I'm resting in His grace. It was His grace that sought me. It was His grace that bought me. And it's His grace that will lead me home. Amen? It's through Him. It's only through Jesus Christ. Isn't Matthew eleven twenty eight a great verse? Come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. Bring that burden. Bring that labor to Him. We find that we can be refreshed in Christ as well. In Jesus, the saint of God, uh, finds all that his heart would need for contentment. For contentment. You need contentment to be thankful. You're content with what God has given you. Uh, Psalms 107, verse 9, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Hey, uh, You've you, uh, been working all day. Been a hard day at work. Maybe it's physical work, maybe it's mental work, and you, you get home and you need some rest, but you're hungry. And someone puts down that juicy steak or that juicy vegetable salad thing that you really like. I mean, I'm just trying to I'm trying to please both crowds here, okay? The meat eaters and the vegetarians, okay. Uh, so, at any rate, whatever it is, you come home and you're so hungry and you're, you're you need to rest. And there's that refreshment, there's that re- that food that you so desperately need. And ah, oh, doesn't it taste good? That's what we have in Jesus Christ, believer. That's what we have, and we can taste and find the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is a man that trusteth in Him. And when we're focused on the Lord, when we are looking to the Lord to provide, uh, we look to the Lord for refreshment, for renewal, uh, for uh, tasting and seeing that He is good, we lose our appetites for other things. Which usually are bad things, They're not good for us. We look to Him. Rejoicing. In Jesus we find the fullness of the joy that we we did not have, we could not find, as we wandered out in sin. You know, I don't need the things of the world. I don't need to get drunk. I don't need to get on drugs. I don't need to hang with a crowd like that to have a good time. I don't need it. I need the Lord. I can rejoice in the Lord and His people. I have lots of great times, and then there's times when they're not so great, but everybody has those times in life. No one's immune from bad times, but I can find rejoicing in Jesus Christ. He promises us fullness of joy. For as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, but your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, those things are not going to redeem me. Those things are not going to bring me joy in my life. Jesus Christ will. And I'll find the fullness in his pasture. You know, as a believer, I could get away from the Lord. I could do things that aren't helpful to me in my spiritual life. And I will not find fulfillment in those fields either. I will find fulfillment in the pasture of Jesus Christ. And that's where I need to make sure I'm at. When you think of the Lord's pasture, He reminds us that He's a sustainer. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Occasionally I, uh, I like to get on Instagram and look at these pictures of like Switzerland and these waterfalls, Austria, and the waterfalls coming down, these quaint houses and the, the stream running by. It's all lush and green. Ah, uh, I don't hear any traffic. <laughs> no blowing the horns. Ah, get out of the way. You know, that kind of stuff. It's quiet sustaining it's refreshing just to hear the dabble of the i mean i can't hear it on instagram i'm, I'm using my mind a little bit okay uh, but i hear the dabble of the water down that street satisfies psalms 107 verse 9 for he satisfied the longing soul he filled the hungry soul with goodness You know, there's lots of hungry souls out there right now who are filling themselves with things that are not good. And they have consequences. You know, so it was my birthday this week, and I had tacos. I love tacos. I mean, I love food. If you know me, you know I love food, okay? And I had tacos this week, for my birthday. And, uh, I mean, it's nice to have tacos, but if I ate tacos all the time, that would not be good for me. I'm missing some very important ingredients in life. But I enjoy tacos. But the idea is that if that's all I long for, it's not going to fill me with the goodness the Lord desires physically. And so with the Lord, I need to look to Him for the good things. Look to the Lord to help me fill my soul with goodness. Last thought here is He gives us plenty and He watches out for us. He sustains us, gives us those things. But He's watching out for us too, you know. The false, the hireling, the false shepherd, and the thief. They, they, they come to the sheepfold with no other desire but themselves. That's how they look. They, they have no care for the sheep. They will refrain from nothing to get from the sheep. They will kill the sheep to get their way. They don't care if a sheep is wounded, leg is broken, and Maybe the, you know the wool is not the way it should be that the nurture is not there they don't care. Jesus on the other hand, in verse even uh, 12 talks about uh, verse 11, "I'm the good shepherd he'll give his life for the sheep." verse 12 talks about uh, the harling and, and, and seeing the wolf he flees and, and things of that nature. Uh, the reality is Jesus cares he will not abandon you as a believer. He didn't come to get from the sheep he came to give to the sheep big difference. He came so that you and I might be delivered from sin and all its evil and experience the best life imaginable here on this earth and then what's to come in eternity is beyond human description. That life is simply his life lived through us day by day and just serving Jesus Christ. And it's an abundant life latter part of verse 10, I come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Now, child of God, we have eternal life right now. Verily, verily, I say to he that believe of me, have everlasting life. John 6, 47. How abundant that life is depends upon the depth of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to work at it. I'm not talking about working this for your salvation. Nope. Absolutely not. I need to trust and obey, like the song we earlier I read about and we sang. You know? Trust and obey. Obey what the Lord has for you. You'll have, you'll experience that abundant life. And draw closer to Him. Be exploring the Word. Be in the Word. Know what the Word of God says. Uh, understand in a greater way, and you will have abundant life. Does that mean you'll have everything? No, we're not talking about a prosperity gospel. We're talking about having that abundant spiritual life through Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. Where are you, Christian? Are are you obeying the shepherd? Because we can get out of uh, sorts with the shepherd. We can try to take off, like the one sheep out of the the hundred, you know, went off on his own. Uh, No, we need to make sure that we're following the Lord. And we're doing as the Lord would have us to do.